Uh, yeah, I could have pre-recorded and then just stood mind, but I think, are we okay? Yeah, lovely. Brilliant. Les and Paul have been doing a grand job today getting us up and running, so we're on the PA desk, so thank you very much. It's been brilliant, so thank you. So, <laughs> as I was saying, I did have a poppy, and unfortunately it fell off somewhere, so I thought, well, if I wear red, <laughs> you'll have to forgive. My poppy has fallen off somewhere, so um, yes. So um, today I thought... Uh, on this Remembrance Sunday, we think about the word remember and what that means to us as Christians. So I've got a series of nine pictures that I'm going to use to talk through this word. Um, and so there's going to be a trio of trios, nine altogether, trio of trios. So the first picture, can anybody know who they are? Yes, the gunpowder plots. So remember, remember, the 5th of November, gunpowder, treason, and plot. And it was actually a guy called Robert Catesby and his friends who was born in Warwickshire. And if you go to, um, uh, what's it called? Yes, Counton Court or Coton Court. I'm never quite sure how it's pronounced, just by Ulster. Um, you can hear a bit more of the history there. And they planned to blow up Parliament um, in 1605. Um, and didn't quite manage it at the last minute. So, but, we, you know, I think we're all familiar with that rhyme we learn in school, remember, remember, the 5th of November. And then just thinking about remembrance, and particularly today, you'll probably be very familiar with this poem by Robert Binion um, called For the Fallen, first published in the Times newspaper in 1914. They shall not grow old as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun, and in the morning, we will remember them. Very familiar poem that we, we you know, particularly use at this time of year. And then the third picture, sorry, it's a bit dull, that one, um, is um, when I was thinking about the word remember, I was thinking nowadays, alarms on your phone. How many people have got alarms on their phone to remember certain things? Yes, a few hands up. <laughs> Feed the dog, uh, get some milk, get up at a certain time, um, the rhythms of the day, you know, so we have all these alarms that we set to remember things. Um, and so, yes, um, so the first three, the first trio about remember are um, a rhyme, a poem, and an alarm. And you'll see some connections, hopefully, with the next two trios. So I guess the question I wanted to ask today is, do we remember our story and where we come from? And what helps us to remember this? So in the words of Psalm 77, it says, But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will also meditate on all your work and talk of all your deeds. Your way, O oh God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great as God, our God? You are the God who does wonders. You have declared your strength among the peoples. You have with your arm redeemed your people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. So I'm going to come back to that at the end, that's Psalm 77. But the second trio then, number one, are ways to remember God's faithfulness in the Bible. And so there's several ways that people use, several things that people did to remember what God had done for them. 
And one of those rituals that you perhaps would remember is the Passover meal. So that was often a way that people told the story of how the Israelites were freed and led out of Egypt by um, Moses. And Jews have celebrated that Passover ever since. And the meal has songs and blessings and psalms um, and a ritual to remember that first journey and how faithful God was. We obviously know there's another meal that we celebrate, and that's the Last Supper as part of our communion. And Jesus said to us, remember me through this meal. And we remember the bread broken and the wine spilt and what that represents in terms of remembering that Jesus died on the cross for us and was resurrected. And we still do this 2,000 years on. You know, over those, that 2,000 years of history, people have broken bread and spilt wine and drunk wine as a way of remembering that truth. Another way that we remember things in the Bible is, uh, people remember things, was to, to um, put together a cairn, a pile of stones, as a way of marking a particular moment. And the first reference to memorial stones was in Genesis 28, where Jacob sets up a pillar in Bethel to commemorate a powerful vision of God that he experienced while sleeping there. The experience was so striking that Jacob felt that it should be remembered. And after the people of Israel had crossed the Jordan River to enter the Promised Land, God commanded Joshua to choose 12 men, one from each tribe, and to take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan, carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. Those stones of remembrance would serve as a permanent reminder and a memorial to future generations of that miraculous river crossing. We can thank God that God cared for his people, kept his promises, and went before them in victory to conquer the land of their inheritance. This is the message that the stones declared to Israel and that they still tell us today. So that first bit is about, that's why I've got a lovely picture of Cain there, of the things that we remember, how people remember God's faithfulness through the Bible. The second picture um, is stories being passed on. So somebody passing on a story from the Bible to somebody else. And at a time when the Bible, um, you know, sort of a, a lot of stories in the Bible that we read in that time, a lot of people didn't read or write. And so passing on stories verbally was very common. And so although some people had those early written records of the Bible, not everybody would have had sight of these. And lots of stories were passed on from one person to another. And I think that's why, you know, preaching became so important in the church. It was a way of passing on those stories. And, you know, we know that Jesus, um, you know, really felt this was very valuable, telling stories and parables, such as the telling of the sower of the seed in Matthew, was really important. It captured the imagination. It connected to a scenario that was familiar to the hearer. And it helped people to think about, you know, what is God saying to me? And I was at an event recently, um, and somebody told me a story about how God had acted in their life. And she didn't know it at the time, but it actually spoke completely into a situation that I've been mulling on and pondering on in my life. And her story was definitely from God as a bit of a warning for me <laughs> to not do something that may have been very silly. 
<laughs> but, you know, she wasn't to know that. But actually her sharing her story of something that had happened to her in her life really just spoke to me and God spoke to me through it. So passing on the stories about what God has done in your life may be exactly the thing that somebody else needs to hear. And if you were here last week and saw Steve in his hockey outfit, I don't think we'll ever forget that. He was uh, illustrating the armour of God and he said he dressed up in his hockey goalkeeper outfit. And he was saying, everybody is unique. You know, he was number 32. His number on the back of his shirt was number 32. And he was saying, everybody has a number. Everybody is unique. Everybody is needed. Um, And so we are all unique in God's kingdom. And your story may be just what's needed to help somebody else. And God will speak through that. And then the third picture um, is, I have hidden your word in in, in my heart. And I don't know if you can see, it's a bit um, dull. I don't know, yeah, if you can get there. But it's a beautiful picture of a book. And somebody hidden in a book, <laughs> sort of reading something in the, in the, in, hidden in the book, which I really loved. And Psalm 119 says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Psalm 1 reminds us that blessed are we whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on it day and night. And we know it's good to fill our hearts and minds with God's word as, as it helps us not to get distracted by the things that are unhelpful for us. Psalm 119 says, um, you know, the, the psalm, but I've hidden my wor- your word in my heart, reminds us that we d- not only should read and hear it, but receive it into our hearts as a choice treasure where it might dwell richly. On the Bible Society website, I was just having a look around it, there are a number of testimonies about some, some people's favourite verse. And this was just one of them that I came across, um, a lady called Monica. And her verse was 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. He died for all, so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but only for him who died and was raised to life for their sake. And Monica says, this verse changed my direction in life. At 17, I had dreams of becoming a journalist. Then the meaning of this verse was brought home to me. Being a Christian means more than having a successful life with some help from God. It means living for him, come what may. I knelt to tell the Lord I would obey him. And after some years, I had the privilege of living with the Basari people of West Africa to help make God's word available available to them, finally retiring after 40 years. So the second trio are the things that that, um, are in the Bible that help us to remember God's faithfulness, us passing on the stories, and us hiding uh, his word in our hearts, us treasuring his word. So the final three trio, or the final trio, (laughs) I'm going to get multiply out now but (laughs) 724 or whatever so the final third trio is about kind of us so what is the way that we remember God's faithfulness how do we pass on stories and what's your verse that you meditate on so I don't know if you've seen or heard of this next picture but it's going to be built near us in Coles Hill and it is um, something it's a project called the eternal wall of answer prayer and the founder Richard Gamble first had the idea for this when he was carrying a cross around Leicestershire at Easter time to help people think about Jesus 
And he prayed over this idea for 10 years until 2014 when he felt God was saying, act on it. And so he went and got planning permission. He found a space. He's raised half the money they need to build this. So he's raised 500,000 pounds. And it's going to be built near here in Coleshill, six miles away. And every single brick in this design, so it's going to be a sort of a continuous a Mobius loop, I think it is, wall. Um, and every single brick will represent a prayer that has been answered. And around 500,000 journeys will travel past this site every week. So it's quite sort of visible from various motorways. And also they estimate about 200,000 people will visit annually as well. And 75,000 heritage bricks will be included that will be about prayer being answered, dated as far back as 600 AD. And so they just feel that this is a way to help us remember that God has answered prayer throughout history. So how do you remember the prayers that God has answered for you? You know, perhaps you have a Bible verse or a prayer journal or your journal um, or you read the Bible in year or Lectio 365, um, do every day, in a prayer app. Whatever works for you. But I do think, you know, whatever works in terms of you remembering the prayers that God has answered and being able to go back to those and remember his faithfulness is key. Um, I've really uh, been enjoying the fact that um, uh, I'm at um, Bible College in Cardiff doing this theology diploma. Um, uh, there are 30 students there, and we meet online every morning at 9 o'clock, um, and we pray online for 15 minutes. And that's just been really valuable to really start that day off with prayer, but also us remembering to pray for each other in our different settings. So how do you remember to pray, and how do you remember those prayers that God has answered? Secondly, the passing on of stories. Share your story. Um, it's been a real joy to meet some new people recently going down to Cardiff um, and hearing their stories. And I've, had, I've stayed with a few different people who've got sort of various connections with. And one are a lovely couple who I stayed with last month who are two doctors who work down in Cardiff. Um, and they were actually inspired by God to work in Liberia for six months. And they're now part of a church plant in a really multicultural area in Cardiff, a very deprived area. And it's so lovely to hear their story and how God has brought them to this place and confirmed where he wants them to be. And when we talk and share with others about what God has done in our lives, it encourages us and builds our faith. Um, so do talk and share your story with others. And then thirdly, have a verse to meditate on. I love this picture of the Bible and the the sort of the verses coming alive as birds of peace and doves sort of coming out of this Bible. And when I had a commissioning service for the course I'm on, they gave me a verse, they gave everybody a, a specific verse for each person. And mine was Isaiah 32, 17. The fruit of that righteousness will be peace. Its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. So I hadn't really come across this verse before being given it, um, but having looked it up, it talks about that righteousness is about what believing that what God is saying is true and committing your life to it. And that our faith in God's promise of forgiveness should give us that unshakable confidence in us which will bring peace. And I'm sure this verse will be significant to me over the next three years 
and, you know, just holding on to it and praying and meditating on it in the midst of all that is to come. And if you've got a verse that you always hold on to, that you've been given by somebody, um, and perhaps, you know, as you walk out or chat outside afterwards, maybe you want to share that particular verse with somebody. Um, and it's, it's perhaps been something that's very significant to you and that you hold on to as your anchor. But perhaps also you've had a verse or a promise that hasn't been fulfilled yet. And so do pray about that with somebody. Maybe, um, you know, that isn't the right season and timings for you at this point. But do hold on to it and meditate on it and hear from what God is saying through it. So coming back to what is your story in the midst of this and how do you remember your story? I've shared some of the ways that people remember God's faithfulness in the Bible and how we can remember those things. A reminder to pass on stories and that helps to build faith. And finally, to meditate on God's word and to have that verse that really does say something to you and that God will speak to you through. So just going back to Psalm 77, actually the beginning of that psalm, the psalmist is in anguish. So the beginning of the psalm says, I found myself in trouble and went looking for my Lord. I think this is from the message version. My life was an open wound that wouldn't heal. When friends said everything will turn out all right, I didn't believe a word they said. I remember God and shake my head. I bow my head, then wring my hands. I'm awake all night, not a wink of sleep. I can't even say what's bothering me. I go over all the days, one by one. I ponder the years by. I strum my lute till through the night, wondering how to get my life together. But there's a but. In my anguish, but I will remember. And so just that last bit of the psalm, even in the difficult times and the tough times, I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will also meditate on all your work and talk of all your deeds. Your way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? You are the God who does wonders. You have declared your strength among the peoples. You have with your arm redeemed your people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this reminder of remembering your faithfulness and your goodness throughout thousands and thousands of years. And we thank you that those people have passed on those stories and that we today can remember and read those stories and be encouraged. Lord, we pray that you have just spoken to us today. We pray that we would remember to uh, uh, set those reminders and, and help us to remember the things where you've answered prayer. Lord, we want to remember that we are your children, that you love us, and that you have purposes for us. And we pray that if there's a particular verse that is for us at this time or that somebody has a particular um, story that can, they can share with us that would just really help us and encourage us and uplift us, that we would be bold and brave to share those stories. And we thank you for all those people that have shared stories with us that have helped us encourage us in our faith. Lord, we pray that even in the tricky times, we would remember you 
our constant, our rock, our redeemer, our anchor who holds us secure. Lord, we thank you that our confidence is in you. Lord, thank you that you speak to us today. In your name, amen.